everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. Giants lose 14-9. Buffalo wins 1-5 in the season. Not the way I expected this one to go at all. Get our hopes and dreams crushed by a late PI call that was never a thing and wasn't visible. And I am tired, not just because it's Monday morning at 12.07 a.m., but because... This team is just, they make me feel tired. Um, Although I'll try to bring as much anger and energy into this podcast as I'm sure Giants fans want me to. Um, But I have to start off mellow. I have to get into it a little bit. My name is Josh and I'm joined by my friend and co-host Alex. If you're new here, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, Recaps and previews throughout this season as well as previous seasons and you know, don't worry. As long as the Giants keep losing, we will still be here and won't go anywhere. Alex, how are we doing? It just gets worse every week. We look more and more depressed every week. And I can see that. I'm sure everyone can see that. I am currently sitting back in my chair. I'm not even sitting up. I'm like depressed. It's just, I don't even know. There's nowhere to even begin. It's just, it's pain. It's just pain. I'm quoting Jameis Winston there. I'm not sure if people have seen that like famous whatever interview after he's like, it's just pain. It's just pain. Anyway, no one cares about that. But it's rough being a Giants fan and to lose in that fashion. The hope was there and I, I, I'm left speechless to be completely honest. And there's nothing that I can say or Josh can say that's going to make this not feel completely awful, even though there were there were a ton of positives in today's game, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, but it just doesn't matter because if they'd won the game, the season's alive, and if they lose the game, which they did, the season's over. So the season's over, so it doesn't really matter that Bobby Okereke was outstanding and probably one of the best individual linebacker performances from an inside guy that I've seen in years. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> like it just it doesn't matter. Um, when you execute poorly at the end of the first half like that, and then obviously you execute poorly from the one yard line with the chance to beat the Buffalo Bills, uh, it doesn't really matter what your defense does if your offense just cannot get it done when it matters the most. With Tyrod Taylor under center, with Daniel Jones under center, with Saquon Barkley, without Saquon Barkley, with Andrew Thomas, without Andrew Thomas, it just doesn't matter. This team is fundamentally flawed on the offensive side of the ball currently. And uh, that's just the way it is. I was joking with Josh. I was sick. I've been sick. I am still sick uh, as I was last episode. Uh, I was feeling better. I was telling Josh I was feeling better this evening before the game. I was kind of feeling like, oh, you know, my cough's going away. Uh, You know, I'm not as sniffly. As soon as the Giants game ends or as the Giants game goes on, I start coughing. I'm sneezing again. I'm sniffly again. This team is making me ill, uh, and I think mentally, physically, whatever it may be for everyone, it's just not its not healthy to go on like this. Yeah, well, Alex, I might fall asleep, so, you know, if you see my eyes start closing, just yell at me to wake up. Um, I, I just, like, uh, like you said, I, I actually, I don't even know if you said this. It's just a loss for words uh, to describe this game. I mean, I, I do want to to our normal offense-defense split, and there is stuff to point out, but we do the headlines first, and the headline is the 
two plays that Chris Collinsworth mentioned on NBC's broadcast, and that was the play to end the half and the play to end the game. And that's really what this one came down to. The play to end the half was the Giants running the ball. Tyrod Taylor not, and the, and the whole Giants team not getting up to the line in time to spike it in order to have a chance at a touchdown from the one-yard line or take a field goal um, if that team of the Giants team took a field goal to end half and got that ball spiked in time. This game could have ended with a field goal and a 15-14 win for the Giants. That does not happen. Clock hits double zero. Dable has a word with Tyrod Taylor walking or running into the locker room. Second half, final play of the game, same yard line, same exact same opportunity for the Giants, except this time it's a play that they have and they need a touchdown. So it wasn't a worry about the clock. Clock was already at double zero, funny enough, but they get that PI call. You now have a free play here, basically. It does not matter how much time is left to end the game. Saquon Barkley lines up. Uh, what would that be, Alex? That's, um, I mean, he's split back. What is that, I formation? What what play are you talking Sorry. What play? The, the final play of the game. Final play of the game, under yeah. center. Uh, Barkley about a few yards, five yards behind him in the backfield. I think that's to run the goddamn ball at that point. Saquon Barkley's been your best player. I'm sorry I'm taking this from you, but Saquon Barkley's been your best player up to that point. Yes, the run game hasn't been super successful, but neither is the pass game. And just that play design, you're always running out of room with that play design, especially if you have a man on you. It's different when, like, Derrick Henry, I know this is kind of, it's a similar-ish play to where Derrick Henry, like, kind of does the direct snap and then he, like, just tosses it over and there's just some guy standing in the end zone wide open. But there, you're always running out of room when you're throwing it to the back of the end zone. Darren Waller is covered, um arguably maybe pi maybe not but it's still it's just it's bad PI. play calling no matter what it's, there's no maybe it was it was 100 percent a pi call uh defender was turned i don't even know who the defender was defender was turned towards waller not the ball had his arm completely over the jersey and it's arguable arguable arguably argue no it's arguable that's what i was going on i just said uh, it wrong the first time or okay. at least it, it felt like i said it wrong the first time um it's arguable that that P.I., it's not even arguable. What am I even talking about? That P.I. that wasn't called was worse than the pass interference that was called for yeah, the Giants getting set up at the one-yard line. Defender has his eyes staring at Waller, not the ball. Defender has his arm draped over Waller's jersey, pulling his jersey, grabbing on his jersey. That is a pass interference call. NBC in the post game brought their rules analyst on, and, um, you know, he was a referee in the Super Bowl three times. And um, he did, in fact, agree uh, that it was a pass interference called missed on the field. So I'm sure the NFL will release a statement saying that that call was wrong at some point throughout the week. Not like it matters at this point. The Giants lost. It's over. Um, just unfortunate that, you know, we, we still live in, like, a time in 2023 that games can be decided on missed calls where like they've brought in all of these things now with the replay review and under two minutes, no coaches challenge because everything's an automatic review. And yet that PI call is just whatever's on the field stays on the field and that's it. And I can understand, you know, we, we know about the Rams and Saints game, how they, we don't want those crucial decisions getting looked at like that, that detailed, but I mean, come on, that's, that's basic. 
like a basic officiating. I mean, I know those referees get trained for years, probably if not months, if not years on how to be a successful referee in the NFL. And one-on-one is if they're tugging on the jersey while the receiver's trying to go up for the ball. He was blocking Waller's hand. That's why Waller had to go up for a one-handed catch because he could not physically bring his other hand up to try and grab the ball. That is pass interference one-on-one. I could be on the field wearing my zebra jersey and call that P.I. That's simple, basic stuff. Anyway, Alex, back to your point about the, the run thing. You just have to hope your offensive line is able to block that. That's why it's a little sketchy. Um, but the, for the Giants, if they're going to pass it to only have one option in Waller, to not even throw maybe like a three-wide receiver package out there, a two-to-left, one-to-the-right Waller in the slot type of deal and go slants or something. But just to have Barkley under center, all those people blocking and just have the one route, like at least maybe have like a backup plan with Waller's not open. I this is about I mean I, I know we're we're too like you know we're, we're two people behind the scenes recording a podcast talking about the play call and and we have no experience calling plays we're not Mike Kafka I understand that we're not good at Madden play calling though we're not <laughs> we don't have five to ten years of NFL experience but I think every Giant fan will agree I I tweeted out right after I said that was the call like that was it. It didn't make sense because Wandell Robinson up to that point, him and Jalen Hyatt had kind of been Tyrod Taylor's go-to, Darius Slayton as well, but more for the deep ball. So it wasn't that type of situation. But Tyra, um, sorry, uh, Wandell Robinson, uh, Jalen Hyatt, when you've needed those third downs, those fourth downs, uh, you know, fourth down and eight, third down and five, third down and two, fourth and two, whatever it may be, those were the guys who were producing at that time. And I just felt like if you could draw something up for Wandale or Jalen Hyatt, kind of scheme something up for them, I feel like that would have been a better play call. Uh, not Darren Waller, who, you know, granted had a couple of catches in this game, but nothing like mind-blowing that he was doing. It wasn't like he was on a hot streak of catches on that drive. And uh, I think it just it didn't really make sense. And, and obviously running the ball is an option. Of course, you run the ball and he gets stuffed, then everyone's going to say, why the hell did you run the ball and you should have passed the ball? Um, but I think if they did something like a, a Wandale, uh, you know, some sort of trickery, some sort of cool niche play, I think that would have been better. You got to go to your guys who are have, who are on the hot hand, and, that, and I think that's what Dable just didn't do. And to be honest, those two play calls, right, you— you run in one situation where it makes no sense to run whatsoever, and then you don't run in the other situation where, you know, it makes sense. It you know it could make sense, it could not make sense. But the fact that you run the ball in that situation, obviously, it was a Tyrod Taylor check out of that play audible, but just very frustrating to see these stupid, stupid mistakes kill us time and time again. No matter what, it was pi, it wasn't pi, whatever it may be, you can't execute so poorly at the one yard line it's just it's not possible what should have been at least five snaps on the one yard line the four downs uh in the first half and obviously that one half uh one play last play of the game was two plays one run and one weird pass call play call towards the back end of the end zone so it just didn't None of it made sense. None of it was right. And 
as much as the officiating was very bad today and not in the Giants' favor at all whatsoever, you think about the, uh, what was it, the uh, roughing the passer by Okereke, probably the worst roughing the passer call I've ever seen in my life. I couldn't even believe my eyes. Um, but, you know, it's just, you got to be able, you when you, you can control certain things in a football game, how you execute offensively, and the Giants just couldn't do that. And, you know, Saquon Barkley carried them as much as he could. Tyrod Taylor was able to, you know, make some pretty clutch throws. Jalen Hyatt, Slayton, Wandale all getting involved. But that O-line, it's just, it's not a cohesive unit. We see individual plays that are promising. We see, oh, that was a nice play call. That was a nice executed play. But we don't get nicely executed drives. We can't get full, complete drives. Uh, and that's the that's the problem. And if you can't do that, you cannot function as an NFL offense. And that's really just the uh, the problem there. And this team ends with nine points, Alex. So you know what that means. Another game without a touchdown. And it was in the broadcast how long it was. I don't know, 200-something minutes since the Giants have scored their last offensive touchdown. If you now think about it, I believe it was I was still was in a, elementary school when they scored a touchdown last, I think. I think it was Matt Burrito's run for a touchdown against the 49ers was the last offensive touchdown this team had, if I'm not mistaken. When the Giants played the 49ers, which was what? On prime time. How Giants many games ago was that ago? Time. I don't even remember. It's been that like was so four many. games ago. So the Bills, Oof. the Dolphins before that, the Seahawks before that prime time, 49ers before that prime time, Thursday Night Football, September 21st. The Giants' next game will be Sunday, September 22nd. So it will be past a full month when the Giants play their next game next Sunday. Uh, and you can say that they hadn't scored an offensive touchdown in a month. Let's go to the offense. Speaking of, Tyrod Taylor showing that so far this season, he's a better player than Daniel Jones. 24 for 36, 200 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, I, I, I'm joking about that, but I do have to say that the mobility makes me feel so much more comfortable with Taylor than it does with Jones in the backfield. And don't get me wrong, Jones can run, but just the overall He's not agile, of, though. Ty, Tyrod Taylor is agile, and he can kind of slip out of tackles. He can make slip things out, yeah. happen, Alan. Exactly. That's really what it is. And you see that from how our receivers, um, you know, how, how our receiver sets look. So, Saquon Barkley, 24 carries, 93 yards. He looked pretty good and, and seemed like the injury was not occurring uh, or did not play a factor in this game, which was good. Tyrod Taylor also ran the ball five times for 24 yards. Look how spread out this offense is with Taylor in the backfield. Darius Slayton, four catches for 69 yards. Wanda Robinson, eight catches for 62 yards. Darren Waller, five catches for 43 yards. Jalen Hyatt, three catches for 21 yards. Saquon went nowhere for four catches, but that's that's besides the point. With Tyrod, like, we kept on saying when Jones was under center that what is going on? Like, we brought in these wide receiver weapons over free agency or we drafted Jalen Hyde or, you know, the Darren Waller trade, obviously. Where are they? Like, why aren't they making an impact? Are they just getting covered? Is Jones just not doing enough? Is it the offensive line? And I think Shore was a mix of the O-line and Jones' ability, but... A new quarterback comes in and just immediately all of these options get thrown to equally. And we have, like I said, like a really nice shared connection with a bunch of different guys, all getting at least three catches in Hyatt, Waller, Robinson, and Slade. Isn't that a little funny? 
to anyone. Like, maybe it's the Bills' defense, but the Bills' defense is a quality defense. Like, there's nothing wrong with this Bills' defense. I believe they led the league, they lead the league in uh, sacks. And I think the Giants only allowed three in this game, by the way. So, that's what I have to say about that. Alex, you can respond, and then let's move to the O-line. I don't know. I don't really have anything to add on to that, to be completely honest. And I'll just move on to the O-line. I think there's only so much you could do. Justin Pugh came right off the couch, and uh, he went to guard, and then he went to left tackle. Left tackle was certainly a struggle. I thought he was pretty good at guard, um, but then Azudu goes down, and I don't know why you don't bring in, what's his name, Jalen Mayfield or whatever. I don't care how bad he is. At least he's a tackle, um, and you could put him in there, and maybe he can do a little bit better. But, yeah, it was rough. I thought the O-line wasn't diabolically terrible. Uh, I think they were – I thought they were just terrible. Uh, So that, you know, not as bad as usual. So I don't know. It's rough when you just don't have any of these players. you got to hope JMS comes back soon, Andrew Thomas comes back soon. Who else is out? Azudu comes back. So you just got to hope these guys get healthy and you could build a cohesive unit. And it's not going to be pretty for weeks and weeks, but at least you can hope second half of the season this line could get some momentum together because otherwise it's just unplayable uh, on the offensive side of the ball, whether it's running or passing. And it's it's rough to watch right now. So I feel like we talk about this every single game. So like I'm sick of talking about it, but you know it is the main factor on offense that's keeping us back and it's just it's not good enough and you know people have to be held accountable all right well you might not have something to say about it but i do jones said to nbc that he's going to be try and be healthy next week to play against the commanders do you start him because right now with the way tyrod taylor rolled out there for you this one to. game you have to he's the starting quarterback you I, know, I understand if he's healthy, that. you play him one got a contract one didn't but if daniel jones goes out there <laughs> and plays poorly again I would heavily debate, and the Giants lose the game to the Commanders, by the way, and move to one and six. I would heavily debate putting Tyrod Taylor in the following game after that and just seeing what happens. Because at that point, you're playing the Jets in the New York rivalry game, which means absolutely nothing because your team is one and six. And you have Daniel Jones on a contract. That's a big one. So... I don't know, man. It's not Taylor even a discussion. Taylor really good in this game. Complete. It's not. It's not. It's not. But we're a podcast, and we can debate about this, and we can do hypotheticals. So, F it. I'm doing hypotheticals. I would not have a problem if Daniel Jones played badly against the Commanders next week to say, why not? Let's try Taylor out there. He played well a couple weeks ago. Tyrod Taylor looked good tonight. Look. Really good tonight, in my opinion, for a backup. I mean, under that O-line. What I just liked is he made things happen. Like, we have not seen Jalen Hyde at all. We have not seen Darren Waller have a game. Tyrod Taylor under center, they have games that are good. Consistent performance. That's all we ask from these wide receivers. And I feel like with Jones there, he hasn't been able to give that to us. So, But neither, but neither of them have been able to execute. A, a full drive so does it really matter neither of them can finish anything off so Tyrod could look great going all the way down to the one yard line but if they can't punch it in it really doesn't matter at all whether it's Jones Tyrod Taylor or me at quarterback it just doesn't matter because you're not scoring any points like 
It doesn't matter who it is at that point, uh, who looks great, who looks bad. Uh, no one is able to execute fully. And until then, if someone could come in and execute fully off the street and they can take it from the 25 from kickoff and bring it down for a touchdown, then we can sign them as our quarterback because right now neither Jones nor Tyrod Taylor can do that. And, of course, part of that is the situation, but uh, part of it is just a little bit inadequate play from both of them as well. All right, we're going to move to the defense. Let's just take a break uh, before we do that. So, honestly, when it comes to the defense, absolute solid, solid rock-solid performance for them. I've been saying this every week. The defense has kept this, this Giants team in games. And what this offense has done, it's sad. <laughs> it really is sad because this defense, they're busting their asses every single week to help perform for this Giants team. And they've kept this team in game after game after game or at least have made margins of losing not as bad as they could be against like the Dolphins and the 49ers and the Seahawks. The defense has held this team in games, and the offense does absolutely nothing about it. A performer that I want to mention, as Alex said earlier in the episode, was Bobby O'Karrake, having a game of his career with 11 tackles, two tackles for loss, two pass deflections, one of them leaving, leading to the Micah McFadden interception. I think the Giants came in to... Punch the, the ball out, too, for that McFadden fumble recovery. Yes. Um, I think it was a game or two ago that the Giants had no turnovers on the year. And then Bobby O'Karake said, I'm going to change that. And I feel like this team ever since, like... Well, what, what was it? The pick six, I think, was the first one um, against the Dolphins, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the first turnover of the year. And... You know, ever since then, this defense has been... Well, even before that, this defense has been rock solid. I don't know what I'm saying, bro. It's it's getting to 1230. Um, but big shout-out to Bobby Okereke. And, and that's what I really have to say on this defensive end. Just, just really solid performances. When you're letting up only 14 points against the Buffalo Bills, that's, that's pretty damn good. So credit to the Shines defense for once again keeping them in this game. And honestly... I know they're getting paid millions of dollars and they probably really don't care for my salute to them. But I really, you know, send my condolences to the Giants defense because it's so upsetting probably as a defender on this team, knowing that you're keeping the team in the game and the offense does nothing about it every single time. And that just sucks, I'm sure. So, yeah, that's that's what I have to say for the defense. Yeah, not much else to say to add on to that, but defense has been playing well, but it, like I said before with the quarterback situation, it really, none of it matters if you cannot put a complete performance on the field. Special teams, uh, you know, one of those penalties kind of killed us too, and like all three phases are just not good enough, and uh, that, you know, no, well, I shouldn't say that. Together, they're not good enough. Um, Obviously, the defense put together a pretty good performance against a Josh Allen uh, that is obviously a top three quarterback in the league, I think, by pretty much all, uh, you know, accounts from everyone. And, uh, you know, putting, holding him and his offense to zero points in the first half, it's impressive. And then only giving up 14 total, uh, you know, and they didn't go down easy, right? Those were long, methodical drives that the Bear, uh, the Bills, excuse me, really had to um, go go through and just run the ball and take what they defense gave them and they were not easy touchdowns to come by. Um, of course, at the end, 
once they got in the red zone, they were able to punch it in for touchdowns, which is the difference between a team like the Bills, uh, even on their worst days. Obviously, the Bills did not have a good day at all uh, today. They were terrible uh, by their standards, and they were still able to pull out the win because they have that quality uh, in the red zone, uh, which they were able to do. Once they got to the red zone, they knew, okay, this is this is uh, crunch time. This is where we got to focus uh, and let's execute, and that's what they were able to do, and that's the difference in today's game, right? They executed in the red zone, specifically within the five-yard line, uh, and we could not execute within the five-yard line and not within the one-yard line. So that's pretty much the game right there. All right. Um, oh, well, first, before I get to my last thing, I do want to give a prayer for uh, prayers for you know Damian Harris. That was that was pretty wild. Um, yeah, that was very super, scary. Super serious. Super scary scene. I'm having trouble with words here late. Um got put in the ambulance on the field um, after getting put in the stretcher or on the stretcher. Luckily, gave a thumbs up. Like, you know, you could see it in the camera, but it was, you couldn't even see his face. I mean, five medics around him covering him. They said him he in was every stable. Area, strapping uh, him in the, they said yeah, he was stable, stable in the ambulance. Condition. So that's good, at least. Yeah. But uh, super, super scary scheme. Scary scene. Um, so, um, yeah, prayers up for him, hopefully. Um, he's doing better, and and he'll be able to come back and have a have a quick recovery. So, I say that. Um, I got a text from a friend, Alex, and and this will be our last little fun segment here uh, on oh, the God. show. So, um, I got a. I'm sorry about the Giants game that was off of the watch. What do you do at this point? Sell your team at the deadline or wait it out? So, like I said, Alex, a couple of weeks ago when we had that loss, the Giants season is over, right? Uh, I think that's what I said after the Seahawks game because I said they're going to go to the Dolphins, they're going to lose that one, and they're going to go to Buffalo and lose there. They're going to be at 1-5, and and that Seahawks loss, that was it for the season because they're going to lose the next two. I mean, however it happened, again, did not expect that result tonight to keep me on the edge of my seat only to lose all hope once again. But that did happen. This team's 1-5. What do you think about that? What do we do? We got Saquon Barkley. His franchise tag, we got Daniel Jones on that contract. No, they're not going to trade Daniel Jones. There's only say, there's only a handful of players you could possibly trade or sell, quote-unquote. Well, Saquon, what do we think about looking to, looking to throw out Saquon Barkley to teams right here, you know, before the trade deadline? A McCaffrey-type trade, you're saying? Uh, yeah, I think if you can get a second-round pick, I would do it probably right now um if i mean so on the offense side of the ball it's him maybe one of the receivers maybe a hodgins i think you could possibly get some value for um besides that no one else is tradable uh, on the offense and then uh, on defense i think leonard williams if you're willing to eat up uh you know a large portion of his salary still this season and sell him to a contender uh, maybe you could get a mid-round pick and uh, Adore Jackson, I think, is obviously the most valuable piece on that defense, um, and he's a, he's a tradable asset, and I think you could trade him. McKinney, another one you could trade as well. So th- those are the guys, I think, that are tradable pieces. But I, I, I could see them trading McKinney. I could see them trading... Um, who was I going to say? Who, who was I talking about before? I could see them trading a player like Hodgins, but I don't see them trading... Saquon. I don't see them trading uh, Leonard Williams or any of those guys. So, 
I think it is. I, I don't think the, the Giants aren't built currently to be sellers, and that's the problem. They've got too many guys on huge contracts that no one wants. Uh, so that that's the problem. You can't sell. They're in the position they are, and you kind of just got to go as you go, if that makes sense, and just you know go as you can, I should say, and kind of try to patch up the holes on this roster um, without fully rebuilding, if that makes sense. I think that's the only way of doing it. It's interesting, though, because I want to I want to think about the Giants front office, right, and, and Joe Shane up, up at the top. You know, how long does it take him to to figure it out and to be like, okay, like, where do we kind of go from here right now? Do we, you know, we're, we're going to pick high in the draft at this point. Like, how soon until we start looking at maybe the quarterback options or the running back options if we're not going to keep Saquon or the another old lineman because it looks like we need that, obviously. You know, how long until Joe Shane pulls the plug and Brian Dable? You know, obviously Dable is not, we know what Brian Dable is. He's never going to tell you the season's over, right? But how long do we start to see it Un- until, you know, how, how long does Joe, uh, Joe Shane say, you know, uh, until he's like, all right, guys, let's, let's, you know, start up our, our obviously they're already doing draft research, but you know what I'm saying? Like when does but he I don't, officially uh, pull the, the thing, plug? I don't think there's anything you pull the plug. What are you going to do? There's nothing to do. I know. Like, well, do it's you, not like do you think right now in this in this you know the the locker room and 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 the front office do you think they they believe it's over or you think they still have it like do you think they do you think they believe they still have a chance in a playoff run I think when you're a professional and you have belief in yourself as a player and that kind of thing you don't look at things logically so yeah I would say inside that locker room I'm, I'm sure they still believe they can do it right one in five is not a death sentence uh, you know, per se, it's not like they are one in ten right now. If they're one in ten, then they all know the season's over. But hypothetically, you could win the next three or four games in a row. Now you're back in the playoff race. Uh, that's not going to happen. That's why we're saying it's over. But you know, a- as a player, that's not how you think, and as a GM, that's not how you think. And um, well, maybe as a GM, that's how you think. But as a coach, that's certainly not how you think. So there's nothing for the Giants to do right now. Uh, you just got to hope we improve each and every week um, going forward. You got to hope you can develop some of your younger players, some of your more pivotal players going forward, uh, and just make sure you can make some smart decisions. If you do get a uh, enormous offer for Saquon Barkley, if you do get an enormous offer for someone like Xavier McKinney, you got to be smart. Uh, don't say, okay, but they're going to be impactful in a potential playoff run this year. That's where you'd say, okay, uh, if an outstanding offer comes, say a third round pick for or second round pick for Xavier McKinney, you just gotta you gotta take that. You can't think, oh, but what about the playoffs? So that that's where it changes. But besides that, everything else really just has to stay status quo. Right. Um we thank you so much for listening, by the way, through this painful episode. I mean, I know it sounds like we're both tired and you know, about a about a crumble up into a ball and tired cry. of this team is what I Yeah, am. no, I mean it, it, I don't think people, you know, I, I think people do realize, but I think some people don't realize how tough it is, especially at almost 1 a.m. on Monday morning now, to lose that game like we do, take all of our composure, five minutes later hop onto microphones and just expect to give a full in-depth analysis and recap on a game like that. It's really tough. As a fan to watch it is one thing, as for us to kind of give you as the listener and the watcher 
a full analysis and recap, it's hard. It's hard. Thanks so much for listening and watching uh, this episode of the podcast. We appreciate it. Hit that subscribe button. Drop a like after uh, watching it on YouTube. Hit that five stars, whatever you want to do. Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, The Giant Take Pod. Alex on Twitter at Norian23. I'm on Twitter at JoshShola29. And um, stay tuned as we will have a Commander's Recap out either Thursday or Friday. So get excited for that one. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Uh, it's been a rough one, a rough, whatever, it's been month now, season so far. Uh, you know, hope everyone has a good week uh, and can kind of drain this out of your memory. So that's all I can say. But uh, tough loss, obviously. And uh, I guess we'll see everyone back looking forward to the Commanders. Saying that sounds silly. No one's looking forward to it. Uh, but we have to be because we are Giants fans and we have no choice. Peace, everyone.